It's laundry day. And even though you know there are no zombies in your basement, because you're an adult and zombies are not real, you still can't bring yourself to turn the light off before you go up the stairs due to the creepy hand that will not grab your ankle because, again, zombies are not real. Plus, you have an Amazon Echo. So you wait till you get safely to the top of the stairs and say, Alexa, turn off the basement light. And the basement light goes off, and you continue upstairs alive. Alexa, lock the door. Okay. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it worked. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that guy's pissed. <laughs> Oh, what I will do to get around copyright infringements, and I still sometimes fail on this. Good morning, everybody. This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude, and I am super stoked today. Um, right now, I just want to give a shout out, because I, I learned something new today that I thought I would try, but I'm actually live right now on livemonoworldwide.com, which is my business website, and I was playing around with Facebook this morning and I figured out how to do it. So we are live all over the place. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Spreaker, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. We're not live on iTunes, but you know what I mean. Um, but really, really, this is so freaking cool. Like, I'm so happy I did it. I love teaching myself all of these new tech things. And typically, um, you know, it's fun with technology is because, you know, when you do tinker, you don't set anything on fire. At least, you know. I'm not trying to manipulate any hardware or anything, but we're live on livemonoworldwide.com too. So freaking cool. Anyway, so I did it all by myself. My mom will be proud of me. Anyway, good morning, everybody. What's up, Facebook? What's up, YouTube? It's good to see you guys. Um, as always, everybody listening right now on the radio and podcast, you can join the conversation over at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude on Facebook. Uh, we're easy to find. We always have an amazing audience like Lisa Walker from London, Juliana. I don't know where Juliana, where you're from. I forgot, but it's good to see you, my friend. Jim Weaver, always good to see you. Good morning, guys. This is going to be fun. Robert Brooker, my man, good to see you guys. Um, we have an amazing guest today, so you guys will want to, uh, you guys want to be like all about this today. Like, this guy is amazing. Uh, I've had the privilege of not only getting to hang out with him a few times, but he is a friend and he's just somebody that I admire and I look up to and he's just somebody just does awesome work. Wyoming. Wow. How pretty. All right, guys, I'm going to read you the bio of our guest. Um, all right. So Dr. Steve Talbin. Tab, Tab, Tabman. God, he's going to have to correct me. I, I can't even talk today. Um, he's the best-selling author and world-class speaker who has dedicated his life to showing people how to thrive through their challenges. He's written extensively on the application of complementative practices in stressful situations and has spoken worldwide on mindset mastery for goal-oriented and helping professionals. Having endured crippling anxiety and low self-esteem in early in life, he had made it his mission to understand the nature of happiness and the remedy for emotional turmoil. 
His search led him to neurology, holistic health, mindfulness, positive psychology, and hypnosis. Each of these disciplines is represented by the doctor's system for living a balanced life free of neurosis and rich in accomplishment. Wow. Dr. Tabmon. Tabmon? Tabmon. Tabmon. Is that right? Golly, I'm so embarrassed. Works included... I just call him doctor. <laughs> Works includes his best-selling book, Unhypnosis, his sales mastery program, The Magic of Inner Selling, his online product, productivity masterpiece, Procrastination Annihilation. Annihilation. Golly, I should learn how to read. In his latest book on thriving through stress on life's battlefields, Buddha in the Trenches, which is a great book, guys. He has also written hundreds of articles for major publications and has produced specialized hypnotic programs for business professionals to remove mental barriers to success. He continues to enrich his understanding of the science of happiness and impact on achievement. When not writing or speaking... He enjoys spending time with his dog, Woody, who's awesome, in and around his home on a beautiful Burlington, Vermont waterfront, which, by the way, I believe he's at. M Michelle, my Spanish queen, good to see you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring the doctor on. I, Howdy. Say, say your last name for me. Taubman. I heard Taubman. for you. I heard for you. I, that, was, that was a tough introduction to get through, and I, I appreciate your rallying through it, dude. I... I should know better. I just, I don't even know T Tobman. I don't know why that is so hard for me to say. I, it's hard for everybody. It's hard for everybody. I've gotten everything from Tubman to Tuberman to Townbound <laughs> to you name it. So not to worry at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really quick. Uh, Aaron, good to see you. Michelle Stevens, wonderful to see you all the way from Spain. Wow. We have a great audience today. Um, it's so, I'm so blessed to have you on the show, man. Uh, but first things first, what are you grateful for this morning? You know, for a, I've got, can I give you three things? You can give me anything you want. One is, just before we went on air, and as you started speaking about, about being able to get your show on a wide variety of platforms at the same time, I'm, I'm very grateful because now I know that you and I are going to have a conversation about that. I'm going to learn how to do with that for my audience, and I'm real excited about that. Second thing I'm grateful for is this right here behind you. This is Lake Champlain, the largest lake in the United States next to the Great Lakes. I happen to live on this lake. Wow. And, uh, and it's a stunning day, which we haven't had many of until this week. So I'm, I'm loving the weather and I'm loving what it's doing to me and doing to my energy. And the third thing that I'm grateful for is, is the, the notion of rediscovery, rediscovering your mission, rediscovering your purpose. I've, I've got a whole new, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it because I'm excited about it, but uh, I've got a whole new set of of goals and, and a new mission and, and, and just the idea that at, at this point in my life, I can, you know, I can be like a kid in a candy store and that makes me feel really good. That, that's awesome. So I last saw you in San Diego and I've never seen someone so excited to not be in San Diego, but it, it looks like it's really beautiful where you're at. Well, I got, you know, I was excited about San Diego for sure. And then I got back here in early April and I was ready to turn around and come back again because it was miserable. <laughs> the whole month of April was winter here. And I came back to San Diego because I was speaking to uh, the National Environmental Balancing Board uh, at the uh, Sheridan Marina. It was a great group and uh, we had a real good time. And then when I got home again for the second time, the weather was finally starting to break. And then in this last week, it's been fantastic. Well, that's awesome. I'm really blessed to have you here. So 
You know, there's so many different directions to go into, but I would like to first start first because for the audience that is not familiar with you and your work, um, and by the way, your book uh, is is terrific. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked about that. But I want to know, like, where were you at in your life when you decided that you were going to go the direction of motos- motivational speaking and starting to transform people's lives? You know, it's funny you should ask that because I was thinking back on this and my first book was a book called uh, Unhypnosis. I'm doing show and tell here. That's the book. There you Unhypnosis. Go. And this book uh, hit number one on Amazon as a self-help bestseller back about uh, 10, 12 years ago. And at the time, I was trying to figure out what, what was it that I was saying to other people to coach them to get them where they wanted to go. And what was it that I was saying to myself when I was depressed, when I was miserable, when I was anxious. And this thing grew out of a, out of a, a need to uh, create a system. You know, sometimes you and I, you know, we, we shoot from the hip, right? We, we have, we, we've got good things to say and we've got uh, wisdom and we, we tend to be pretty good at meeting people where they are. But if somebody said, well, Joshua, what's your philosophy of life? You'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> because, because you don't like write it down. So I, so I decided I wanted to codify it. And the book itself has a really interesting backstory. Um, I'll tell you the story briefly because it's funny. I was... Um, I was, as you know, I was a chiropractor, then I became a, a stage hypnotist. And I was the official hypnotist for MTV Spring Break. <laughs> Dirty job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Oh, my God. So, so here I am on the beach in, in Jamaica back in the early 2000s. And I was, um, I was hypnotizing like a bunch of people. I had 2,500 semi-inebriated college kids on the beach. <laughs> I used the word semi very, very liberally. Uh, and they're, you know, they're doing all the things. I've got the hypnotized kids doing everything. You know, they're milking a cow and they're conducting an orchestra and all these funny things. And in the middle of the show, I, 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 I had one guy I think he was pregnant. <laughs> and another guy thought he was the father, too, so... Uh, a lot of very, very funny stuff, right? So in the middle of the show, I decided to try something new. Oh <laughs> and I take one of my subjects and I say, and this good-looking guy who's like Channing Tatum sitting on stage, he's hypnotized, and I, say, I put my hand on his shoulder. I say, the person I'm touching right now, when you wake up, three things are going to happen. I said, number one, you don't believe you're hypnotized, even though you are. I said, number two, this is the worst show you've ever seen, and you are pissed at me. And I said, number three, there's an invisible wall three feet in front of you. Now, bear in mind, Joshua, I've never done this before. This is a brand new experiment. But I was having a good show. I was in a good mood. I was feeling creative, so I went for it. So I wake everybody up. I say, how's everybody doing? And everybody says, we're great. And this one guy screams, you suck. <laughs> so I look, and of course, it's that guy, thank goodness. And I, and I said, what's going on? The guy says, the show's terrible. I said, well, then leave. The guy gets up, he takes three steps, and <laughs> he hits the wall, and he starts to push, and he's pushing, and he, his face turns red, and he can't move any further. So he finally, he finally sits down, and he crosses his arms, and he starts to pout. I said, what's the problem? He says, nothing. I said, are, um, are you having fun? He goes, no. I said, well, then why don't you leave? The guy thinks for a minute, he goes, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. (laughs) 
And all of a sudden, I realized that kind of like all of us, right? We all have this, you know, we all have a dream. We all have potential. We all have something we strive for in our lives. And, and, and all the things that fuel our movement in that direction, our gratitude, our appreciation, everything, that brings us in that, in that direction. But then we also have our invisible walls. Oof. And we push against them, and we can't, we can't break through. And it's that, that experience of, of powerlessness when you can't break through your walls that eventually leads us to depression, discouragement, fear, frustration. It makes us mean-spirited. Mm. Uh, it makes us, you know, it, it does so many things to our psyche. And often what it does is what it did with him was it makes us point the finger outside of ourselves. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Right. You know, it wasn't like I wanted We just, we give up on ourselves. So I started thinking about how that applied to what I've been studying in terms of mindfulness, meditation, and um, personal development, and human potential, and humor, and all the things that I've been studying to make myself, you know, just, hey, uh, just, just to help myself feel better about myself, right? Right. So that's where this all came from. This whole idea of unhypnosis comes from the idea that we're all hypnotized. That we've all been programmed through our lives to believe in our own limitations, to believe in our own beliefs, to believe in our own sense of what's true and what's not true and what we're capable of and how much value we have in the world. And it's so real to us that we don't take that next step through it. Wow. So that's that's how this all starts. So I but and you're so right and and I, I'm going through the process right now. I'm doing uh, leadership emotional intelligence training. And it it's so it's been so profound because you're like being able to just dig and like it's like an exorcism in a way. How it's exactly like an exorcism. It, 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 it's scary. Is that a lot of what you're doing or is there an alternative way to have an exorcism of removing those limiting beliefs? Well, yeah. I, I mean, we're, we don't have anybody like standing over you with a Bible and, uh, and holy water. So it's not exactly an exorcism, but for all intents and purposes, <laughs> it is. Because you remember uh, Napoleon Hill uh, wrote, of course, Think and Grow Rich. And then years and years later, Sharon Lecter released his manuscript that he was unable to release back in the 30s because it was too controversial. Outwitting the devil? Outwitting the devil. Oh my right? God, it's amazing. Right? Beautiful. Oh. So the idea of the devil, well, you may think of it in a Judeo-Christian way, but you might also think of it as the devil as these voices in your head. And outwitting the devil is that exorcism you're talking about, that removal of those mind parasites that, are, that, are take, that have taken up residence inside of you and you have mistakenly believed are you. So yeah, so what do we do? What we do is we teach people how to wake up. We teach people how to shift their state of consciousness so they have power over that, so they have perspective, so they have vision, so that all that stuff that used to seem so real suddenly becomes just uh, you know, just something kind of funny, something kind of poignant. Oh, there's that crazy voice in my head again. Mm -hmm. there, there I go again, right? And it's a very different mentality then when those voices start to act and we think they're true, and oh, I can never do that, or I'm not good enough, or, or uh, you're, you're making me miserable. You know, all the things we do in our relationships mm. that come directly out of our sense of futility, our lack of, our lack of choice to live the way we want to live, to be who we want to be. That is, 
Yeah, and limiting beliefs are just, it's so amazing how easily we, even when we're, we get positive and like, we're, hey, we're, we're all about it, we get some momentum, and then all of a sudden, bam, deal falls through again. It's like, F, here we are again, it's happening to me again, it's happening, and like, and it's, and it's like this never-ending cycle, and then it, and it, people give up, and they typically give up too soon. And as I say this, I'm also talking to myself. I have a big vision for my life that requires a crap ton of failure. <laughs> like, I'm going to fail because those, are, those failures are, are failures for a reason. That They are not the things that are going to put me on my mission. They're not the things that are going to keep me on that path. Even though it may feel like it, it, it's not. And like that's how I've come to appreciate failures in, or closed doors when I'm thinking they're going to be bursting wide open for me. That's how I've had to train my brain to believe is like, I know just on the other side of this, it, it's going to all happen. But that takes a lot of perseverance and a lot of faith for sure. But I want to ask you well, something. Go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Say like what you just said really was meaningful. You said, even though it feels like it, I've learned to know that it's not true. What, what, we, what we learn to do over time is we learn to recognize that the, the voices in our head and the feelings we feel aren't real. They feel real. Yeah. And until we start to declare our independence from them, until we learn some of these tools and techniques like what we teach in these, in these programs and in these books, so that you can begin to extricate yourself from this absolute conviction that this is the way it is. Because it's one thing to withstand failure after failure when you know that it just feels like it, but, but that there's no failure, there's only feedback. You always sit where you have that voice. It's an entirely other thing when every time it happens, it's like somebody just shot you in the heart. Right. Oh, God, it's so true. So that's what you're talking about, is how do you develop that, that ability to, you know, to, to be with it and embrace it and let yourself move through it so that you can take all the hits until you get to where you're trying to go. Let me ask you something. So I've, I've, I, I've been given the gift of vision. So it's really easy for me to see people at their highest self or to be able to see, you know, just really just to see. Like I can see ahead of time. Like sometimes in the present I don't do so well, but that forward thinking vision is easy for me. It just comes to me. That's my gift. But so... But having vision and being a visionary are two different things. How would someone that doesn't have the gift of vision discover their vision? Like in like what like in having vision for their life? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I would encourage anybody and everybody to learn some process by which they quiet their minds. I, for me, it's mindfulness meditation. There's plenty of research on the power of mindfulness meditation as a tool for quieting your mind. But of course, you know, if, if, if you're religious, prayer has, has some of the same qualities and the ability to get out of your head and out of your inner thought. The problem for most people isn't that they don't have a vision. It's that it's crowded out by all the thoughts in their head. Hmm. It's crowded out by, you know, we're too busy thinking about things. We're too busy judging ourselves. We're having a hard time, like, just creating the, the blank canvas on which we can paint the masterpiece of our life. Wow. Uh-oh. Oh, I thought you freeze. I thought you froze for a second. I was like, no, don't freeze. Um, my brain. Yeah. <laughs> what Dan McCluskey says, as a feeling person, the dark side comes after my feelings. 
I don't know what that means. I'd like for you to explain. That's crazy. Um, so it it is, and it, and even with having the forward thinking vision that I have, it I I still get in my head. And you're right about prayer. And the thing that people mistake about prayer is that it's talking at God. It's not. A lot of it is sitting and waiting. You can sit and ask a question or reflect, but a lot of it has your, you, you be still and you wait and you listen and you calm your mind. That's when you can hear because God's voice isn't always loud, at least in my experience. Let me, let me address that because I, you know, you, you've hit a really key point and it's a point that I, you know, that not a lot of people address and it's something that I would really like to address. And that is this. Everybody, maybe not everybody, but a lot of us know that there's this thing called getting quiet. <laughs> yeah. There's this thing called <laughs> being patient. That there's this thing called letting go of your mental baggage and churning. And that there's even a thing called just shutting up, <laughs> just stopping for a moment. <laughs> but while they know that, while you know that, while I know that, how often do we still you know, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And so the big question is this, and it's a question nobody wants to ask. What if you stopped? What if you stopped churning? What if you stopped thinking? What if you stopped trying to get the answers? What if you just stopped? Well, let me tell you what would happen if you stopped. You'd feel afraid. You feel panicked because most of us have never really made peace with that experience of silence. We've never let that be okay. And so because there's this dark looming monster hiding behind the curtains that we sort of know is there called silence, we don't talk about it. We don't think about it. We just keep on acting because as long as I'm busy, I never have to face the profound discomfort of, of an empty mind. Mm -hmm. And so when people sit to meditate, and I teach people meditation in a way that they learn how to do it so they can actually benefit from it, yeah, faith over fear, that they can benefit from it is that for the, for the period of time during which they're starting to do it, uh-oh, I just had a thought, oh my God, and they start to get tense and weird and uncomfortable, and then you, know, you talk to them and you say, have you ever tried meditating? They say, oh yeah, I tried it once, but it didn't work. <laughs> Guilty. It didn't work. Well, I hear it. Well, I kept having thoughts. Well, yeah, duh, that's what your brain does. It's going to keep having thoughts, and you're going to keep on practicing the art of, re of removing your attention from those thoughts and bringing it to your breath or to whatever the, you know, whatever, whatever you're meditating on, so to speak. But the real enemy, it's not your nasty boss. It's not your obnoxious husband. It's not your, you know, your noisy kids. It's not your. It's none of those things. It's your inability to get quiet. Mm. It's your inability to, because if you could get quiet, if you could make peace with that feeling of anxiety that comes when you start to try to get quiet, and you could just let that anxiety wash over you until it washed away, so that all those voices start to lose their power over you, you would be free. You'd be free. You'd be like, oh, there's another voice. I don't care. I know what it's like to be quiet. I can just be quiet and let it pass. But that's not the way we operate. So that's the key. That's the core right there. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And it, it is powerful. In fact, um, yesterday, 
I was having, so I battle with borderline personality disorder on top of being bipolar. And we, we've discussed this. I don't think we've discussed the borderline personality part. I've been avoiding that one. For some reason, that's worse to me than bipolar disorder. Like, I don't like to talk about it and I don't want to acknowledge it, but I deal with it every day. And it is a daily thing for me. And yesterday, I, ha- I was having a moment. Like, I mean, a moment. And Karen walks up to me. She goes, just... Like, take your phone and, like, turn it off and walk away from it and be away from it and go be still. And I was fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. I swear to you. So I went and laid down and just sat there. And I didn't think about anything. I did everything possible to not think about a single thing. Because everything I would have thought of was going to affect me negatively, honestly. Because I was in that self-hating space. Right. But I cleared my mind. I was able to do it. And I swear to you, 10 minutes later, popped up and it was like, oh, wow, let's go. And then I got, it completely switched it on a dime. I went from telling myself, I'm not kidding. Like, I don't even want to say it out loud, but I will. Um, Like, you're a failure. Like you're a failure. You're never, your purpose, you're not going to fulfill your purpose. I'm, I, I, you are, this is a joke. You've been wasting your time this whole time. This is what I'm telling myself. And I'm just wanting to go, how can I, I'm starting to have those feelings of how can I hurt myself? And that, and that's what I deal with. Like that is the freaking thing that, and it sucks. And she told me that. And it, I swear to you, it rescued me. And it was just about going to be still so my mind could go, wait, this is the reality. This is your reality. This is what you get to create. These are the blessings that you have. This is what you get to be grateful for. These are your opportunities. And it completely shifted. And it just took 10 minutes of silence. That's it. There's, there's so much power and wisdom in what you just said. And I hope that, you know, that your listeners uh, and our viewers like really get that that's like that's brilliant you know first of all if we slow down the the the, um, the videotape that you just described there was a moment when karen said to you turn it off and in that moment you were like no you know and you probably no i've got to do this i've got to be so your ego our egos will always try to convince us that whatever we're thinking and doing is vitally important and we've got to do it now and that's you know, once you're onto that, once you're onto it, there's even if there's just a little tiny piece of you that's onto it, or you have somebody else with you in your case who can help you and help you remain onto it. There's that moment when you're like, I know I, I feel like I need to do this, but I know better. I know better. I've, you know, I've learned not to believe that. And so the next part of that is where you went and you laid down, right? And in that part. That takes courage. It takes courage because the beast wants to be fed. Oh, the yeah. beast wants to be fed. So, you know, the, the discomfort, the anxiety, the pain that you were feeling, the physical pain that went along with the mental content was, was craving more mental content. It wanted you to say more bad things about yourself so that it could keep feeling that feeling because we get addicted to our negative feelings. And they seem so real. Oh, God. And then the third part of the story is where you re- recognize that all you had to do was to stop feeding it for a little while. 
it's and after, and after a little while it was like oh i guess it's not real because you know here i am in the silence and i let the feeling kind of wash through me and now i can kind of you know re, that's like i talk about the, you know having that blank slate on which to paint the can you know paint the masterpiece of your life and you couldn't have done it before that you couldn't have been like you know wait a minute i'm on the phone right now okay i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy, I'm happy. you can't put it on top of the bad stuff you have to first release the bad stuff you need to have the courage to go into the silence let the other stuff wash away and then so that's why that's where the vision comes from right that's why you had vision that's why you were visionary too yeah it and it is i'm so thankful you know just for the work that i've been doing and of course you know like i the conversations that we have had have always had a, had a profound impact on me um in that that episode yesterday is the same thing that would have led me to really when I, I i would when i was in that space of just trying to kill myself with drugs and that was the same the same message the same way i was feeling the same self-hating is that thing where i would go basically disappear for three days and and just and and be high trying to make my brain explode basically because of that that thought those thoughts that place i got to yesterday and here i am in the middle of like i'm a captain of my leadership team this week and and like i have these other responsibilities where i'm i'm responsible for other people and still responsible for myself and then my daughter's coming to san diego now and like and i'm starting to all this stuff is all like i'm taking it and i'm like that was feeding into you have no business you have no business being a leader you have no business pursuing this purpose this isn't for you and and i swear it was it was such a blessing for her to come up to me and say put your phone away and go be still and if that would not have happened i'm not saying i would have flown off the deep end but the dark thoughts the self-hate talk would have lasted so much longer but that be still this clicked in my brain and I go, yeah, you're right. And I, and I walked away, but that takes, I mean, like anyone out there listening, I mean, like Juliana, you know, this Jim, Dan, like when those thoughts and you, and, and the enemy comes at everyone, Robert, same way it attacks all of us differently, but it still comes at us. Those lies of labels, like, you know, you'll always be a piece of crap like your father or like those kind of things, like sometimes being still. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say sometimes from my experience every time I've gone to be still they've gone away and you're so true about trying to stuff good on top of the bad it doesn't work that way because that's where usually comes out that's when people start to drink or self-medicate or it, it, it's a very fleeting emotion like it's a battle it becomes a tug of war the simplest path to peace is silence in you my experience embrace, you have to embrace that stuff Otherwise, if you if you're fighting it, so they say what you resist persists. You resist persists. So when you're resisting it, it's coming at you even harder. But when you just sort of like surrender, you just let it be, and you kind of embrace it, then it kind of dissolves. It yeah. kind of dissolves. And what I say is that you're not, you don't change those the, that awful, horrible thing. Like that's still, like you said, it's the same horrible voice that used to send you off the deep end. It's the same right. one. You, it doesn't disappear unless you're very, very lucky 
it's still kind of floating around and it comes or it comes around. What changes is your relationship with it. Your relationship. <laughs> That's the difference. You when it comes, now it's other than you. It's like, oh here it comes again. Okay, well I have choices here. I can try to fight it or I could try to run from it by medicating my way out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and getting high and then not having to face it. But that never works. No. Or I try to push against it and that never works. Or you just get quiet and just kind of let it, like, see it for the phantom that it is. Yeah. It's like, okay, this, it's not going to feel great. No. It's not going to feel lovely. But it's, but there's a difference, there's a difference, there's an important distinction for people to think, to get. There's a difference between pain and suffering. <laughs> you see, when you sit with it and you're just like, ooh, boy, that really hurts. Yikes, ooh, ah. <laughs> That's pain. But when it's like, I can't believe this is happening to me, and this keeps happening, and you build a story around it, and you keep on accentuating it through your actions and through your words and, and through your resistance, that's suffering. Mm-hmm. And there, there's two different qualities. And if you could just bear the pain, that's why I say it takes courage, because we're suggesting that you accept the fact that it's inevitable. It's, there's going to be pain. So be courageous and let it be, because the alternative is suffering. The, the other side of that, um, no, you're not alone in this world, Jim Weaver. Not at all, my friend. Not at all. Um, the other side of that, too, is what I've, I'm starting to learn. It has not become a habit yet. Like, I'm working on the habit <laughs> of, make, of doing this. But um, I felt so energized when I came out of it. When I stopped, I quit fighting against the, the, the crap going on in my head. And I was still... When I did come out of it, it was like I had that shot of adrenaline that I had needed, you know, that I normally would have looked for to get me through it. By being still, I ended up getting it naturally and it ignited me. And I actually came out of that and went straight into a flow for the rest of the night to the point where I couldn't sleep. I was feeling so amazing. I was just like, oh my God. And it, it was it, that was miraculous and it kind of gave me this feeling of like wait a second I can get used to this I can make this a habit and it's just yeah, I, be still <laughs> it's, it's do the opposite of what I think I don't want to bog us down with too much neuroscience but this is the, the, there are scientific reasons for what you just described so oh. there are a number of interesting things that happen when you go into essentially what you might we might call a meditative state stillness right oh. you could call it meditation you could just call it Shutting up and letting it pass. <laughs> but, but, but regardless, one of the things that happens is, is your brain will release <clears throat> The cortisol will dissipate. You might release uh, dopamine, which makes you feel better and more energized. So there are those, those are uh, neurohormone shifts that happen in a meditative state. The next thing that happens is that with repetitive meditative states, the more you do this, the more you build bridges between a part of your brain called the ingula and a part of your brain called the lateral prefrontal cortex. So here, so check this out. So there's a part of your brain that registers pain, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain, you feel it, That's there's pain. Now, the signal is gonna go from that part of your brain to either the medial or the lateral prefrontal cortex. If it goes primarily, if more, more of it goes to the medial cortex, it's gonna make you feel what's wrong with me and I can't believe this and these people did this bad stuff it's, it's going to be all about you 
You're going to feel victimized. You're going to feel uh, hurt. You're going to feel hopeless and powerless. That's what it's going to ha- what's going to happen if most of the connections are going that route. But as you meditate, you're developing a relationship with the lateral cortex, and guess what that's all about? Emotional intelligence. That's all about assessment. So you're developing, you're, you're strengthening your assessment centers, wow. the parts of your brain that will look at the pain and say, hmm, interesting, I noticed I felt pain right then. I wonder what thoughts caused me to feel that. That's amazing. It's a whole different quality, right? And, it's, and, and what you're doing is practicing building those bridges. That's what's happening. Mind blown. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to meditate later. <laughs> um, let me ask you something. So you were talking about mindfulness meditation. Is so? I mean, a lot. A lot of what we've talked about is sitting in silence. So, what is your feeling about guided meditations? I think they're great, and especially if you're, you know, you're a beginner and you want to kind of get comfortable in the in the space, uh-huh. in a meditative space where silence feels a little bit less, you know, less icky. Sometimes just having a voice guiding you through a process can be useful. We we provide uh, things like that, you know, guided meditations, uh, hypnosis audios. And hypnosis and meditation are very similar beasts. It's really putting you in a state of consciousness and then and then providing guidance at the same time. So that's really what you know. Like for example, uh, we've got a program for people who are entrepreneurs and network marketers that they listen to, and it's a guided meditation to help them gain confidence. And remove mental barriers and fear from what they do. So that's a useful tool. But even just learning, let me give you a simple skill. Okay, something that everybody could do pretty much immediately. Mindfulness meditation is the practice of getting out of your head and into your body. Right, getting out of your head and into your body. So if I said, Joshua, stop thinking. <laughs> You'd probably be like, your brain would be like, well, what do you mean stop thinking? Your brain would think even more. True. Because I said stop thinking. You'd be like, especially you and me, we're the kind of people who've got to think about what we're thinking about. So we go crazy trying, like, and, and everybody on this call who's ever tried to meditate and felt like they couldn't stop themselves from thinking, that's why. It's because they were thinking about thinking or thinking about <laughs> not thinking or, you know, wondering if they were doing it right or whatever it was. So when I learned mindfulness meditation, I went to a workshop. This is years ago. And the teacher essentially said, "We're, you know, I don't care what you're thinking. You know, think, don't think, I don't care. Forget about that part. Just right now, what I want you to do is I want you to concentrate on physical sensation. You know, so typically they'll have you concentrate on your breath. Uh-huh. Feel the breath going in, feel the breath going out. Then they might say, okay, concentrate on the feeling in your hands, or the feeling in your feet, or the feeling of your butt on the on the seat." Very simple, very practical, nothing eerie, weird about it. It's just you're simply getting your attention away from your thoughts and putting it on the physical experience of the moment. Ooh. And it seems so simple. It seems so duh. Like, you know, why would something as simple as that make any difference in my life? Well, so here's, here's what happened for me. I did it for this workshop. It was a workshop, about a three-hour workshop, and we meditated for probably a solid hour, hour and a half of that on and off, in and out, you know, so it was, it was challenging. <clears throat> and of course, if you're trying to focus on the physical sensations in your body, and you're like me, and you are, you and I both, we have anxiety, we've had depression, we've had, you know, uh, 
various you know mental things that cause us to feel emotional feelings in our bodies. Mm-hmm. That stuff is part of what you're feeling. That's part of what you're embracing. That's part of what you're being with and not fighting or running from. Oh wow! While you're sitting there feeling, so you might be sitting there going like, "Wow, I really feel my stomach going into knots. I really feel like this this thing in my throat that feels like it's trying to choke me." Right? But instead of fighting it, you're just observing it. You're just watching. You're just letting it be. And that's the practice. So now when I did it for the first time, when the workshop was over, I decided to take a bike ride. And right here, right on, my, right on this, uh, right down below this cliff here is a bike path that runs the length of, you know, of the lake. Right. And, uh, and I used to always ride this bike path. By the way, tell me if I'm getting short on time. I don't want to... No, you're good, man. Okay, cool. So uh, so I always had this uh, this practice of riding my bike up and down the bike path. And about, about a couple hundred yards up from here, um, there was a house. There is a house. And there was a dog who lived at this house. And the bike path sits up on a kind of a bluff so that the house was down lower. And the yard was down lower. And this dog who lived there was on a runner. And the runner was, you know, so the dog could like run back and forth, you know, like it had a leash and the leash went to this, this cable that went back and forth across the yard. Yeah. So the dog could run back and forth across the yard. And this dog was freaking ferocious. It was the scariest dog you could imagine. Like, you know, this like growling, snarling, just ah. And the dog had just enough leash that it could run up the side of the incline <clears throat> And get right about to the top of the incline, right by the bike path, as you were riding by. Oh my god. And just as you got there, this dog would come out of nowhere and like it never would get pulled back again. It was, like, <laughs> it was like being attacked by a lion, you know? And I it, it happened a few times where it was scary. This dog was scary, and I knew that, you know, thank God for that leash that you know he can't get away, but he's he'll kill me if he can, right? So now Fast forward, I've been to this meditation workshop. I spent the last hour and change observing sensation in my body, becoming very present, very much in the moment, just being okay with what I was feeling. That's what the process was. Get on my bike, I'm in this kind of blissed out state. I get up to that part of the bike path and I hear the same sound. I hear the dog, but I don't see the dog. So I'm like, that's odd. I get off my bike and I look down the incline and the dog's leash from the runner down to the dog had gotten tangled out around a fallen log. And it was, the dog was kind of stuck right there. Couldn't move, you know, couldn't get past this thing. It was all wrapped up, all tangled up. And I got off my bike and I, I walked down the hill. Didn't even think of that, I walked down the hill. The dog's like looking at me, this like really ferocious look. And I went right up to the dog and the dog's like got its face right up against my face. Like it looks like it's gonna take a chunk out of my face. And I start unwrapping the dog from the from the from the lock. And the dog is like, first it's like this, and then it's like like this. <laughs> it's like, and the dog's like, he's like this, and then he starts to smile, and then he starts to kiss me. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I get them all up trapped, and then I get back on my bike, and I ride away. And it took me, I'd say, Joshua, like 100 yards away before it occurred to me what had just happened. I thought, whoa, that was like a really magical moment. 
Yeah. Because I didn't for a second have any sense of fear. I didn't have any sense of, of you know, holding or hesitancy. I felt like I had to act out of compassion. It was 100% the compassionate thing to do. And the dog resonated with that compassion and responded to that compassion as most animals will do. Like how much of the negative energy that is that we're getting thrown our way can be pierced if you just approach it with love. Oh my gosh. Right? And so what finally like blew up in my head after I got a hundred yards away was this. I said, fear and presence cannot coexist. You can't be in a state of deep presence. Unbelievable. With all the and the love and all that and be in fear. You just can't. You know, you may, you may feel the energy arising maybe, wow. but you'd just be like, oh, I love you too. You know, you wouldn't be, ah! Oh my so God. it was a mind blower. That is... I've never in my life heard that. Fear cannot be present. It, say it no. again. Because fear and presence cannot coexist. Fear and presence cannot... Presence. You know, if you're fully present, if you're fully in the moment, there's this thing that, this, this sense of all's well in the world, right? Now, there are things you might still, you know, it's not like you become an idiot. You don't necessarily, you don't jump off the bridges because you're in a state of presence. But you, you make wise judgments and you act mostly out of compassion. Yeah. Great example of love conquering fear. God, I can't even read today. Uh, that's, yeah, Dan, absolutely. Wow. I mean, people are just, that was a mind blown. <laughs> that was amazing. Hey, I want to talk about um, Buddha in the trenches. That that is, I, I haven't read the whole thing, but it is amazing. So talk to us about that book. Tell tell the audience why, like what it's all about, and you know how it applies to what their, to their lives. I talk to two different populations of people, right? One are people who are goal oriented and are trying to achieve something, and are usually in a job mm-hmm. and are um, you know striving for some kind of success. And then I talk to people who are kind of you know, maybe in between things in their life. They're trying to reinvent their lives, right? So my first book on hypnosis was really designed for people to reinvent their lives, right? To use this technology to figure out what, like you were saying, to awaken the vision, right? to remove the barriers, to create the, you know, create the, the path toward their goals. But then you've got all these people who are living lives where they're trying to accomplish something, or they've got a very stressful job, uh, you know, police, nurses, EMTs, you know, people like that, people, anybody in healthcare, of course, but also, you know, my friends in network marketing and my friends who have high pressure jobs, my friends who are C-level executives who are like going home and like they're always like three breaths away from the next ulcer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so those people, um, I figured they need a little wisdom too, right? Yeah. So I wrote Buddha in the Trenches and, and it's interesting, I was so challenged by the title because I didn't want to off-put people who are, you know, who are not Buddhists. I don't want them to think this is a book about Buddhism. Right. It's not. It's a book where the idea of the Buddha is Buddha means awake, means being awake, being present. Right. So how can you be a Buddha, a, be an awakened being <clears throat> in the trenches, meaning on the battlefields of life, when when you know when when the shit hits the fan, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we're how can you be at your best when things are at their worst? 
And there are tools and there are, there are skills and there are attitudes to do that. So I use a lot of metaphors in the book, um, you know, about being bulletproof. Uh, I talk a little bit about, um, about certain organisms that can thrive under high pressure, like the, um, uh, what's the name of that one? The uh, amphipods. Amphipods live at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, four miles below the surface of the ocean, and the pressure, if we were down there, would crush us, would kill us instantly. Wow. And yet they live peacefully down there. So how do they live under the pressure? And that's, you know, that metaphor applies to us. There are some people who can meet the same challenges with, you know, with poise and can handle the pressure of life. And other people are crushed by it. And it's not how much pressure, it's how, it's how you're wired, so to speak. So this book is about rewiring yourself to be able to withstand pressure. And it draws on positive psychology and mindfulness and neurology, and it's got exercises. Every chapter has a set of exercises. Um, we've developed a community around it so people can call in and write and, uh, and share their experience. And it's been a really fun journey to, uh, to you know, kind of build a community around Buddha and trenches. I, you know, I feel like it, there's something to that analogy too, and it reminds me of what it's like when I'm out of my body. I have a real... I have a big energy and like even for better or worse, I mean, there's times when I'm on stage or if I'm at an event, like I just release all of this energy and it's like, I'm coming out of my body. And then the problem is the next three days I'm depressed. Like I have no energy. I'm zapped. I've learned to keep it, keep it in, uh, which is great. And it's going to come in handy when I'm on stage this weekend. Um, but the other part of that, that I noticed is I feel heavier in a good way when I'm in my body and it's like where nothing can stop me I'm grounded I'm sturdy I'm stable I'm like a tree trunk but when I'm all over the place and out of my body and scattered and worried and anxiety and just like blah, 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 I am so susceptible to getting crushed by the weight of life it's it's like the difference of a, a paper mache tank and the real thing. Like, that's how I would like to describe it. That's a great metaphor. I love that. Uh, and that's a really good point, the idea of being grounded. And you and I have that also. It's like, you know, you can see the way I move and the way I talk. I tend to, you know, I get a little, you know, uh, up airy-fairy, and I, and, I, and I am very enthusiastic. And sometimes that's just genuine, genuine enthusiasm, and sometimes it's just me, like, you know, get, it's my neurotic energy getting out of my body. <laughs> so, so it's something I've got to be aware of, too. And, you know, when I pull my energy in and, and there are, there are times when one is better than the other when one is more resourceful than the other so it's not a bad thing no but you're right it could definitely rob you of energy and it could rob you of of, of, of a sense of, of being that you know that later you're going to need to draw sure so yeah it the chance i'm learning about um I'm in a process it's not like the, the the number one thing i'm working on right now but i am learning about channeling energy. So, because I've had a few experiences recently that have like made me go, wait a second, <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. It, it, it's, so I'm, I'm diving into that, um, not full bore yet because I have other things that I are more important for me to work on, but learning to understand that and how to use energy in, in, in more powerful ways than just releasing it all at once is um has been something that that process has also been very eye-opening and valuable for me 
it's that's why people do martial arts, right? It's you know that's part of what martial arts do do is it gives you a sense of of your body and where your energy is and and how much to allocate and how much to keep. Yeah. Oh well, I didn't even think about that. Let me let me do something here. I'm going to take us all for a walk because I uh, my my uh, computer battery is down to five percent, and I don't want to I don't want this to end. So I'm going to walk us to a different room. So we're going to keep talking, but I'm going to be moving while we talk. Yeah, we have we do have nine minutes left in the live feed. Yeah, but fine, but uh, yeah, we probably have enough. But I don't want it, I don't want it to end in the middle of like. Oh God, no! That well, you got inside quick. <laughs> it's like <laughs> don't you love technology <laughs> it's so fun okay now here we are I wonder how much more brightly lit I am now we're in my bedroom and uh, now I'm going to plug this in okay find the plug and we'll be good to go how you doing Carl it's good to see you buddy thanks for stopping by um, yeah Dan you, I've got to get this book it sounds perfect for me Thank you. I want to be part of Buddha in the trenches. <laughs> um, they can buy it at your website, right? Yeah, so there's a website for the book called BuddhaInTheTrenches.com. Okay. And about five minutes before I jump on the call with you, I thought, you know, I'm going to give your listeners a little, uh, a little gift. So uh, I put up a, um, a discount code, a coupon code. Oh, right. So, yeah, so uh, it's, your, it's your initial, so uh, JTB. Uh, capital J T B. Um, so if you go to BuddhaInTheTrenches.com and you go to buy the book and you get to the shopping cart page, when it asks for a coupon code, put in JTB, you get twenty percent off the book. Rad. Okay, I'm gonna put this in the on the screen really quick. That is really really cool. Um, so what are you working on now? And when are you coming back to San Diego? Oh, I can't wait to get back there, boy. I, I, I love San Diego. How's the sound? I, I moved my microphone. Okay? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll be in San Diego again, I think um, mid, um, definitely in July and maybe mid-May. Uh, I've got a few things going on right now. I'm actually, um, I'm going to something called CEO Space. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to that. Uh, it's in Florida, and I'll be meeting with mentors and uh investors and uh, uh, branding experts. I've got some ideas about um, a new book series. I want to put together a series of books and I haven't really decided on the name yet, but it'll be an umbrella. So like the chicken soup for the soul kind of thing, it'll be a branded book series. And each of the books will address certain of the things that we've already talked about today. Mindfulness, positive psychology, laughter, um, overcoming uh, discouragement. You know, each, each book will have one of those topics. Um, and then I'm also, along with that, uh, I'm going to put up a show, a stage show, <coughs> I think in, Bran in Branson, Missouri. Oh, wow. So, you know, you know as, as a hypnotist, um, I, hypnosis is great because it allows me uh, to entertain people, but also to key them in on some of these very cool ideas about how our minds work and how you can reprogram and rewire your brain. So I, I have this vision of doing a, a variety show. I grew up with like, you know, the Dean Martin show. And laughing. And laughing and Bob Hope and all these things. So I want to, I want to have um, a, a stage show, a resident stage show with a variety of entertainers, myself included, uh, but have the theme of the show uh, be transformation. Ooh. Personal transformation. 
What a cool outside of the box idea. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm I'm pretty sick at a, I'm not, with all due respect to all of our friends in the in the industry. I am I'm really sick of going to events and just sitting there and listening to someone talk at me. Like I really enjoy when they you know when they're interacting and there's actually teaching and applying the message while you're there because so many people leave these seminars and they. They don't, they're like, okay, now what? Like, how do I apply this? Like, how am I applying it to my life? And and also just the same old, same old. So I love fresh ideas like this. And I anything I can do to support you in that, let me know. Because I think it's a great idea. Nice. Well, we'll definitely we'll put the word out about that. Because I'll probably have, I mean, at some point along the way, we'll probably get investors to build the show and everything. So there'll be all sorts of opportunities. But uh, yeah, it's just right now, that's my, my, my heart and my soul is in, Building out this dream so that there's a, a kind of an overarching. Uh, oh, one of your guests just said she lives near Branson. I want to make sure. Please have her email me, and I'll, yeah. I'll talk about it. Yeah, Christine, uh, make sure you email him. I'll uh, I'll send you his email address. That'd be awesome. Uh, so I've never been there. I'm going to go see it in just a couple of weeks, and maybe we can get together for a cup of coffee while I'm there. I'd love to meet Christine. So, there you go. Awesome. Uh, this is. Uh, what, like I was saying at the very beginning, what I'm grateful for is this whole possibility of reinventing myself. You know, I'm 60, I'll be 62 years old in like a few weeks. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, I've got good genes, so that's a good thing. But just the idea that at that point in your life, you could just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm, I've got something new to do when I grow up. Yeah. And, and, and I really feel powerfully about this. It's, it's like the next chapter. Uh, I also just started a radio show, and uh, I, I think I've got you as one of my guests before, too. But if we haven't set it up, we will. Oh, for sure. Because I'm, I'm, I'm booked out, but I've got, like, so far we've done our first five episodes. We had uh, Sharon Lecter as one of my guests, and uh, Ron Klein, um, Jeff Hoffman, some really, really amazing people. You had uh, you had Jeff, you had another, uh, oh my gosh, I just saw it. You posted it. I had Colby Kay and I had Aaron Scott Young. Yeah, there was you had one more though. Your Jeff, uh, Jeff, not Hoffman. Well, Jeff Hoffman, Jeffrey Hazlett. Yes, Hazlett, Hazlett. Yes, yeah, that guy is a bad dude. He's awesome. Yeah, he's well. He's my guest this coming Monday, so uh, that's gonna be really fun. He's uh, he's the next one. Wow, he is a great interview. I had the opportunity to interview him at the uh, LA City Gala. And in person, powerhouse guy, man. Wow. So I'm interested to see, I, I'm interested to watch that just because I know his personality and I want to, I want to see the back and forth between you two because he, it, it, it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait. Can't wait to listen. What? So how can people find your radio show? Uh, so the best way to find it is the name of the show is Executive Zen. And uh, which I love that title, Executive Zen. So it's basically, uh, you know, teaching people who are leaders and aspiring leaders how to uh, how to calm their minds, how to be more precise, how to break through their barriers. Uh, and so uh, the show itself will be on a wide variety of, of podcast outlets once it's broadcast. If you want to hear it live, you go to CTR Network. It's Contact Talk Radio. CTRNetwork.com on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and then if you want to listen to the replay, uh, go to my website. Go to stevetalvin.com, and there's a button up top that will take you to the radio. Okay. Oh, that's convenient. 
Um, yeah, I'm really excited for you, man. And as far as your other platforms, we can discuss that. I'll, I'll teach you. It'll take me five minutes to do. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Man, this has been, and by the way, for your show idea, um, you really should there. Well, actually, I don't want to say this on air. I, we'll, I'll say it off air. That's it's yeah. I'm <laughs> definitely going to tell you this off air. Well, I appreciate it, and it's it's always it's just good to connect again, and um, I'm looking forward to you getting back here, but uh, to San Diego. But um, listen, I it's such a blessing for you to be here. I, I appreciate all of your valuable time, and uh, like I said, I'll I'll be I'll be reaching out to you, and um, we'll talk. Right, and to all your listeners, thank you all so much for your kind comments and for sticking around and listening to us. Awesome. God bless you, man. Take care. Bye. Wow. Okay, so that easily goes. That's top. That's that's top two, if not the best. That was so. That was so insightful and so powerful. Um, what a blessing! Thank you guys so much. Yeah, you're gonna at Robert. You definitely buy that book. Um, and remember, use the promo code JTB. Um, you guys check it out. And wow. That was freaking cool, man. That was a lot of fun. I, I love interviews like that, but I've never had one quite like that. That was super cool. And I thought it was going to go south when I couldn't pronounce his last name right. What are you going to do? Anyway, it was absolutely terrific. So thank guys, if you did not share this video, please do so. Please share it with somebody that you know needs to hear it. Also, um, if you guys know of somebody that... You know, their business is going to the next level. I mean, it's just like soaring, but they don't have the infrastructure set up. Please reach out to me. I've got a new service. Um, I'm working with an amazing company now. They have a great service where they're able to come in and set the foundation for these companies um, to really to help them be sustainable in their growth. It is absolutely terrific. And also companies that are just struggling and they need it, they're on, they're on life support and they're not meeting their expectations. Again, I'm working with the best in the business right now, and they are really able to help transform companies and help them get to that, you know, number one status that they're looking for. So if you know of somebody, um, you know, tag them. Uh, you can contact me directly. Please make that referral. I pay wonderful referral fees. And um, we, I, I just, it's again, I, when you read the testimonials of what this company does, um, you'll be really, really, really impressed and because they are changing people's lives. I mean, they, they literally are going in and setting the foundation and doing the work for you to be the successful company that you want, successful company that you want to be, yet you're getting all the credit. So it's kind of a win-win. Anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for all the shares. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for just your attention today. Uh, it made it a lot of fun. So again, God bless, and I will see you guys very, very soon. Bye. You've been trying for half an hour to get your little bundle of joy to be a bundle of sleep, but so far nothing's worked. You tried the binky, you tried the blankie, you even made Mr. Fluffy do the Fluffy Wuffy dance. Alas, your tiny miracle has a very large pair of lungs, but you have an Amazon Echo, so you call for backup. Alexa, call mom. Calling mom. And just like that, grandma to the rescue. Hi, baby. Grandma's here.
Alexa, thanks. Anytime.